Foodie Films is brought to you by the Cage Club Podcast Network. For all things Cage Club related, head on over to cageclub.me. That's cageclub.me. think I'm ever going to get tired of that song. Welcome back, foodie fans. This is episode two. You've lasted this long. That's that's not that impressive, but welcome back. Anyway, thanks for listening. I appreciate it. I'm your host, Kyle Reinfried. This is again, Foodie Films. Are you excited? I'm excited. All right. As always, I'm your chef de cinema cuisine. My friends call me the Ham El Hamon. You can call me whatever you'd like. Just, you know, listen. On this episode, well, you know what, we'll get to this episode when I start talking with this episode's guests. But uh, beforehand, I just want to bring up a few things. Last week, we covered the film Julie and Julia. I had a great guest, Carly Niehoff. Uh, I hope you really enjoyed that episode. That was just, that was such a great, great film this week. Eh, but th- that's that's for you to decide. Um, but I just want I just want to say I'm I'm a little embarrassed. I didn't bring up how Nora Ephron directed Julie and Julia. Now that now I mean hey I'm already embarrassed. So don't you feel embarrassed if you don't recognize that name? You should, but it's okay if you don't. I'll just read off some of these like small, you know, whatever small movies that she that she made. Clearly Julie and Julia, Bewitched, not the greatest film, but uh, you know. That's, what, Will Ferrell and Nicole Kidman. You've Got Mail. Michael. Mixed Nuts. Sleepless in Seattle. That's, like, it's pretty up there as far as rom-coms go. This is my life. But, you know, this, that's what she she directed. But as far as, uh, also, she's a very talented writer. And, I mean, you know, I've, I feel like an ass just even say that she's, she's Nori Ephron. Uh, but My Blue Heaven, I know that is a favorite of Cage Club Network co-creator Michael Manzi. When Harry Met Sally? Come on. That's, and that, you know what, that's going to come up later on in this episode, When Harry Met Sally. And then Cookie? Heartburn? I think as foodies we can all appreciate Heartburn. There's just so, so much more. Um, and, you know, she wrote all of the films that I said that she directed as well. So that's just awesome. A few other things. I maybe had, well, it was definitely one of the best meals of my life, but maybe my favorite. And that was, I had this duck breast out on Long Island in Wading River, the North Fork, NOFO. 
Hashtag NOFO. And it was the American Peckin, the White Peckin, the Long Island Duck. Oh my god, this duck breast was just like perfectly cooked. The skin was just so crispy. I totally forget what like the, you know, there was some kind of the spread un underneath it. Um, I feel bad. I say in a past life, I think I was a saucier. Or maybe in, in another life, I, I wish I was a saucier. So I'm embarrassed that I'm not exactly sure what was... The presentation was beautiful. I posted it on Instagram. So actually, go on to foodie.films.podcast and you can see it. Also, check it out on my personal Instagram. I have so many other food picks from great places before I started this podcast. That's Kyle's underscore here underscore now. But this dish, I mean, I, I've been going out to Wading River for uh, past four, five, fourth of Julys. Uh, I've gr got great friends that live out there or have a house out there, Lauren and Eric. They're just always so hospitable. And Lauren cooks duck really well. Ironically, she's a vegetarian, but she, you know, she'll cook it for you. So thank you, Lauren. Uh, and I learned that the Long Island duck is just like this, you know, very popular, very f world famous duck. And. It's got a pretty interesting history. It was, it's, you know, it comes from the the Peking duck, and if you're a foodie, I mean, you've probably heard of Long Island duck again. So I'm, maybe this is an episode that I'm just very ashamed of myself. But it's the Peking duck. It comes from, you know, China, the Peking duck, and it's uh, just this. I mean, it's not the German pecan I'm I'm reading, which is a totally different kind. But um, it's it was brought to the United States from China in like the 19th century, and they've just like flourished here. And you know they're just you know bred raised you know primarily for meat. It's they're the very typical. They're like the white feathers, orange feet, orange bill. So they're adorable. I think Chandler and Joey had uh, one as a pet on Friends. But they're delicious too, and so you should definitely try it. And we were out there because it was uh, it was my friend Nicole's birthday. We were celebrating that. She turned 30. Welcome to the Dirty 30, Nicole. And there's so many other August birthdays. Uh, my friend Agatha Brian is coming up. He's you know my former co-host, host of High School Slumber Party. Um, and then my mother, it's her birthday, uh, Saturday the 18th so uh reach out and wish her a happy you know just write on the facebook page or something say happy birthday mary fran she's a big influence in the food department and just uh, overall support in me, me and my life and so and speaking of my mother this episode is about butter and guess what we got a great guest for you the godfather the god the godfather joey Joey Lewandowski. That name should bring a bell. Nora Ephron, you know, Joey Lewandowski. Nah, he's not. He's not. He's not Nora Ephron level. But he's the other creator of the Cage Club Podcast Network. And I think we had a fun time talking about this movie. Like, I'm, I'll, I'll say it. It's not Julie and Julia, but well, you know what? Listen for yourselves. Was that the was was the 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 cage club? Well, I mean, it was a housewarming party. It wasn't like a cage club party, although there were were a lot of cage club podcasters there. There were. But like what? What? But was that like the closest setting to the whole to like your dream? Fast oh. and Furious, like backyard. Barbecue? Well, 
I don't know if you've seen on Facebook, but at the end of Fast and Furious 6, when they essentially clear, they, they do all the work that the government wants, and The Rock says, anything you want, to Vin Diesel says, anything you want is yours. And he's just, yeah. says, he's like, pick a number. And Vin Diesel says, 1327. And he's like, what? And then they go to the house <laughs> from the first movie, and it's a mailbox, 1327, and he just gets the house back. And then in uh, Furious 7, the house blows up, so it's not there anymore. But, 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 uh, because of 1327, Joe Chu and I created a Facebook event for January 3rd, 2027, for the ultimate Too Fast, Too Forever party. So you've got nine years or so, eight and a half years to attend, or to get get ready to attend. But we I really want to I need more notice. I need more notice. I, I'm sorry. We want to have the ultimate. Like, like this was pretty good for what it could be, but like we want to have like the ultimate. Like, see if we can Airbnb that house, or rent out the house, or buy the house, or whatever. Wow. You know, have uh, Coronas, have you know, kids at tuners around, just like whatever, anything we can get. We want the ultimate, and of course, at the center of it all, really right to this top, right to this podcast. Nice some some barbecue, some Corona. Some food and some beer, <laughs> bringing it back to Foodie Films. I'm so, I'm, yes, there you go, bringing it back. I'm surprised that like when we, when I uh, came by your barbecue, that there was I thought there was gonna be like a, a Corona only, like law. Well, something. I bought a lot of Coronas, like a lot <laughs> of Coronas, and then Brian brought more. And Brian, at least on Saturday, you came on Sunday, but on Saturday, Brian was exclusively drinking Coronas. He brought these uh, or bought these and brought these bigger Corona bottles and was un, you know, uncapping smaller bottles and pouring them in the bigger bottles because it was better for his image, he said. And I didn't, <laughs> I didn't spend a lot of time talking to Brian on Saturday, and I really regret that because I've heard from no fewer than three people that Brian was an absolute delight, how much they loved Brian. And I was like, I gotta, I gotta hang out with Brian more. Like, people on Saturday loved Brian. And I was like, whoa, okay. Brian, Brian is a good uh, party guest. He's, uh, he, he, he can, he can converse with anybody, and uh, and of course we're talking about Brian Rodriguez, my former co-host of PSL of Hoffman, and now the host of High School Slumber Party. Yep. Uh, and I and and that's obviously a good trait to have as a podcast host, but then also specifically now with High School Slumber Party and and like cultivating that same feeling of the slumber parties of our youth. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no, the Brian's. I mean, I've known Brian for many 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 years now. Mm-hmm. Close to 20 years. Uh, but yeah. So, Joey Lewandowski. I'm here. Uh, I'll go with uh, what Brian always said on PSL of Hoffman, the, the godfather uh-huh, uh-huh. of the Cage Club podcast network. Yep. You're now a, a man that's been on the front page of uh, the Bergen Record that is a local New Jersey paper. Yes. Print is not dead. Print is not dead. And thank you again, publicly this time, for helping make that Woo! happen. I love public recognition. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that was my pleasure. That was Danielle's pleasure. And I'm just happy to bring some, uh, you know, more, uh, just l- shed some light onto the Cage Club Podcast Network because this is exciting. You, you are on episode two. Ooh, not not, ooh. You didn't, not the christening episode, but, you know, first is the worst, second is the best, right? Truly. So here you are. This is course. This is the second course. It's a he- heavier, you know, like course. It's more uh, delectable. Mm-hmm. But welcome to Foodie Films. 
Uh, I mean, let's just kind of, I, I, this is something, you know, I'm going to have many different people on this podcast, uh, some chefs, some, you know, people that are critics or food Instagrammers, but you're, I mean, just recently, again, we were, I was at your lovely home, uh, in, well, you don't have to tell people where you live, but in New Jersey (laughs) and (laughs) give us your address, please. No, but it was a fun, it was a fun barbecue, you know, it was like, you know, uh, a barbecue in which, you know, everyone brought maybe like a little bit of food i brought i was in vermont and i brought you some maple syrup yes i've not uh, tried it yet i, I should okay. have for this i don't i need so so here's here's the the truth the reality of the the maple syrup situation mm-hmm. i don't eat breakfast a ton and i've okay. only since you got since you gave me the maple syrup i've had eggo waffles once or maybe twice and i feel like a classy syrup like that Deserve something a little bit nicer than a frozen yeah, ego like, heated up. Like, you know, just like a, a French toast. Like, I can make a French toast. I can make some pancakes, some, like, homemade waffles. I'm waiting for the right moment, although I do want to do it soon. And if I had the foresight, I would have done it for this episode uh, so we could talk okay. about it. But I did not. I could have lied, but, you know, I'm, I'm not, honest well, I in appreciate- all Yes, I appreciate your honesty, your candidness. Mm-hmm. Uh, what? Here, good question. What, what are you uh, – are you – Pancakes, waffles, or uh, French toast? What do you prefer? So I think... I've had... Okay. Okay. I don't know that waffles (laughs) can go in... I I mean, I don't know that French toast can go into the same conversation, except at least it can't in my brain. But I think waffles are either better or worse than pancakes. I think pancakes are like a safe middle ground. Like, I think it's hard to really mess up pancakes. But if, I think you can have really gross waffles. And I'm yeah, also not a like... fan of the super sweet Belgian waffle. Ah. I like a smaller, you know, like a square, maybe like four to a, a a griddle or whatever. One of those kind of waffles, like a thinner waffle. That's like a good one of those. That's what I love. Nice. What's your favorite meal of the day? Ooh. I don't know that I really... I think I just eat weird things at all times. Like, I don't... Okay. You know, I have breakfast yeah. for dinner. I sometimes eat, like, leftovers ah, for breakfast. Ah, Brinner. Yeah. I love some Brinner. You know, now that I live on my own again, because I was back with my parents saving up money to buy New Kids Club HQ here in New Jersey, and so yeah. I was sort of adhering to their meal structure. But now that I'm on my own again, and sort of responsible for my own, you know, nourishment, if you will. I've had <laughs> cereal for dinner because I've been lazy, or I've made, like, nicer dinners at night and then had leftovers at, like, 10.30 in the morning. So, like, I don't know that I necessarily have a favorite meal. Gotcha. I think my favorite type of food, though, and this might be more of a lunch thing, I love a burger and I love a sandwich. And I think you could do those for, you know, dinner oh, or yeah. lunch, but I feel like they're kind of more, maybe more traditionally, like, lunchy food. So, let's go lunch. There we go. Lunch. I love a good lunch. Yeah. I yeah. You know, that's that's a nice. I work. I work with a few guys that that's like their favorite. They like taking like a proper like if you have the time that like to take a proper long lunch. Yep. And even like at lunch they'll have even like a cordial like at the end and everything. Ooh. <laughs> But uh, yeah, but that was that was really fun. I mean, again, it seemed like there was maybe some more Cage Club people on Saturday when I wasn't there. Brian that was there both days. Obviously, you were there both days. But um, 
you know, that was just fun. It was a, you know, I just love a good barbecue where people bring dishes and then your, your mom made that, what was that dessert dish that she it was made? It called a trifle. It was like brownies and pudding and whipped cream <sighs> and a few other things in there all like layered then like with like a layer of strawberries in there too. Like it was, yeah, it's delicious. She's made that before. It's... I was like, I want that again, please. It was so good. I definitely had like two bowls worth and I was hurting in a good way, <laughs> in a bad way, in a good way. You know, like that, that like, you know, moment. it was just so good and I could have just kept eating it. But it's just one of those things that will haunt you, uh, you know, that night or whatever or the next morning. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but that was fun. I, I want the I, I definitely want to do some more Cage Club bar- barbecues and I want to do something for foodie films eventually after X amount of episodes. I think, you know, I'm. Like on PS, I love Hoffman. We did like Act One, Act Two, Act Three recaps, and then maybe a special guest episode. I think I want to do like a like a round table kind of thing. Like we're all okay. sitting around, maybe some food, and we're just not talk like a specific film, but a but just like film in general, and obviously enjoying a meal. And that would just be fun to do with like Cage Club people. Well, I, I think, think would what be. would be really cool, and it's not necessarily good for recording, but it'd be sort of like just more of a live event. I don't yeah. know if we talked about this. I'm sure you also might just know about it from going to draft house events. But do you know about like the the draft house feasts? Are you familiar with those? Well, I the as far as draft house goes, I know like when they have special movies, they'll like name foods after the. So movies. this is this is even bigger than that. So what this oh, is, wow, okay. uh, they usually charge depending if it's a movie, they they might charge like fifty or sixty dollars for a ticket or. Like, I think I saw both Godfather movies maybe for 60 or 70. They sometimes, like, show, like, they did the they did a feast for the Hobbit trilogy, because there's food in all those, and I think it was, like, all three of those, like, the 10-hour thing, it was, like, maybe, like, $120. But what it is is that in addition to seeing the movies, they create a special menu for you, for, like, everybody in the theater, that sort of pairs with the movie, and Ooh. it comes with alcohol, too, if you want. So, like, you can always buy more food. Like, they have the regular menu and everything. But for, like, The Godfather, for the two movies, so, you know, close to six hours or whatever, there was, like, a yeah. five-course meal with five different wines. And there was, like, you know, an appetizer and a salad and a pasta and a meat and then a dessert, each of those with wine. And the the cool. chef comes out in the beginning, and he just sort of describes his menu and talks about why he chose what he chose and sort of, you know, they, the chef usually has some kind of affinity or affection to the movies. And yeah. so he talks about or she talks about how the food, you know, intertwines with the, the movie itself. And so I think what could be really cool, and you sort of need a little bit more planning, a little bit more effort there, but if you sort of had like a movie of – for this podcast or just probably for this podcast because it's food related that you think you would really love and would like to see people like show up and, you know, just experience it with you. You can Mm -hmm. sort of put together a menu and then either everybody can sort of potluck it or you could cook before or whatever and just sort of pair food with the movie as you watch it. That's, I like that a lot. That's fun. That's a great idea. That's that, that'll definitely be a special episode, and hopefully there'll yeah. be multiple episodes like that. Yeah, there's also a great bar in uh, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, called Videology, where they often they'll show a movie and they'll just you know pair a drink with it. Like I don't think anything. I mean, they have food there, but I don't think they do anything specific with food to the movie. Uh, maybe a dish at the most, but they usually, since it's a bar, they uh, pair like you know a drink with it or whatever. So you know when they show something specific like sideways, they'll sure. have a you know a wine that's from the movie. But it's just you know I yeah I want to talk. I, there's just so many 
you know, food establishments that obviously then then draw from movies or obvious or just delis that have food, uh, you know, their sandwiches named after movies. Yep. You know, everyone in the end of the day, I think, you know, the whole world is tied together by food. Well, there so is just a fun. So two things that I want to that you brought up that are two things that you inspired in me that I want to say. Number one, wow. there is a place in Jersey City called Subculture, which oh yeah, you mentioned that. I too, mentioned right? to you. Okay. I also yeah. wore one of our Cage Club shirts there. And they were like, oh, yeah. you have a Nicholas Cage podcast? I was like, yep. They're like, you want to do an event here? I was like, yep. So we have not yet, but I want to do one there. But I also encourage you to go there because you're not too far from Jersey City. And also, all of their food, which is all good from what I've had, is named after different movies and TV shows. So it's it's awesome. right up your alley. Oh, yeah. The- I'll try to get them on the podcast, and that'll form a nice relation for you know even more so. I mean, they already said that let's have, let you have yeah. a live event there. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good working relationship. Uh, that's awesome. What was that's the other cool. thing? What What did you just say? You can cut this part I up. I said we're that talking about you know, food places, na- you know, naming food after movies. Yeah. Food is mm. just what we all the world has in common. Uh, videology, bar in Brooklyn, uh, drinks. Uh, oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So this, I, and the, the other thing is that I'm going to butcher this joke, but uh, on, <laughs> on Zach Galifianakis's stand-up special, before he was Zach of the Hangover, he was a stand-up yes. comedian, and he has his uh, DVD Live at the Purple Onion, which I think is a theater in San Francisco. Anyway, uh, he has this really funny joke that I still remember, and I still love. That he's like, I would go to bars and like, you know, bartenders hate me because he'd like, he'd go up to a bartender and just say, I'll have what they were having in Sideways. And then the bartender <laughs> would have no idea what he's talking about. And he's like, oh, sorry, let me, let me modernize that. I'll have what they were having in Sideways too. And it's just like such an obscure, weird <laughs> request. Uh, and it's just like, that's the entire joke, essentially. But yeah. it's just like a, a delight that Zach is just so, you know, again, that I haven't seen Sideways yet, my, but I have friends yelling at me to see it. But you haven't seen Sideways? I know. There's a lot of movies oh, I haven't seen that you probably get upset about. But uh, that one I know is forever tied to at least alcohol, if only because of that joke. So Yes. I mean, it's... it's oh God. I mean, Paul Giamatti and Thomas uh, Hayden Church and that movie are just... I love me some THC and not the marijuana me kind. Too. <laughs> me too i would like to smoke with thomas hayden church mm. that would be interesting but uh well you know what let's i mean the, the movie at hand though yep. and this is this is and we're gonna maybe we'll bring this back to the the pancake waffle french toast question do do you put butter on them as well oh absolutely like although some, what i found butter. in the last couple of years that's delicious and i don't know if you've done this on waffles peanut butter instead Ooh, I you know like I mean not to my memory can I say that I've done oh, that but that but yeah that sounds ooh some peanut butter maybe some bananas on there too mm. go like a whole Elvis route little bacon <laughs> yeah also. Mm. but butter butter yes. uh 2011 film uh did so did did I see this I you, own this you have this. Yes, because we were perusing your very large DVD Blu-ray collection. My, my dining room of Blu-rays. Yes, exactly. This monstrous size, uh, you know, whole walls of yep. DVDs and Blu-rays. Uh, you have just so many great... I'm very envious of your film collection and your film paraphernalia collectibles well, and everything. It's very impressive. Uh, I need to speak to you. You said your sister kind of also plotted the the smaller posters that were going on. Oh, yes. To... Yes, she did. She decorated the yeah. whole... That was all her vision and her actual execution. So 
stairwell nice. going to my bedroom. There's all posters, <laughs> sort of color coded. Like, oh, those are like the free posters, pretty much, that I got from like AMC or Regal Cinemas or whatever. Like when you walk Some out of the theater, are, you can get a really good poster. You can along with a movie sometimes. Yeah. Uh, but. Yeah, so we were perusing your, you know, just like, oh, like, you were like, I wonder how many, like, food and drink-related movies I have. And, I mean, you definitely had, you know, like, a a few. And I saw, and I was like, butter. I was like, you know, sometimes there's a a movie that has a food name to it, but then it isn't a food movie. And maybe this isn't a, I mean, you know, it's dealing with butter, but it's not anything more than that. It's Butter Carving Festival. Uh Uh-huh. But, but, but... I I was like, what 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 is this movie? Oh, you hadn't heard I of saw it before the... you saw it. No. Oh, okay. Yeah, so this is this is definitely going to happen much more on this podcast versus P.S. I love Hoffman. I saw a decent amount yes. of the. I would say you know like eighty to eighty five percent of the movies before that podcast. This one, uh, it's gonna be not even. I wouldn't say fifty fifty. I'd say lesser of that I saw, and that's what's that's also what I want to do with this podcast is make people realize there are more than just you know the five. F- truly, you know, like, foodie films that you can name. Yeah. There, there are much more out there, and they're, and they're worth watching. And this, this I watched on Netflix, so it's available on Netflix, foodie fans. Oh, okay, uh, yeah. Yeah. And so, Butter, 2011. Did you, do you own it? That doesn't mean you have to like it. Do you like this movie? Um, I think it's super, super weird. I like yes. parts of it. And I don't think it's weird in, like, a good way. I think it's weird in a, like... What's going on in this movie kind of way? Um, it's, yeah, it's weird in the... I don't think they properly executed yes. this. This is, so, I mean, Sideways, Alexander Payne movie. You haven't seen it, but you've seen plenty of other Alexander Payne movies, I'm sure. Uh, it has that offbeat humor, but it doesn't fully commit again. Like, no, I think that's the and problem. it's also, like, super hokey and, like, overly emotional and, like, there's, again, you know, in a hashtag problematic society, there's, like, a a very strange instance of the magical Negro sort of where like destiny is like this like gifted little, uh, little African-American girl who like is able, like is the best at everything. It's just like, what is this? Like, and like, she's even like, she's commenting on like race in society. I was like, what is this movie trying to say? Yeah, I yeah, I wrote next to, you know, like the when I wrote like the main, you know, cast, I put like everyone is mostly nice in this movie. Yeah. You know, so Jennifer Garner even in the end like embraces like Destiny and well, that, that's uh, that wasn't meant to be deeper than it was. Uh embraces the character Destiny and, you know, and I mean she makes Boyd Bolton do like a dick thing and then Brooke seems to be yep. you know, like not a great character. But but everyone but still like I mean, this is the nicest I've ever seen Rob Corddry. He's usually yeah. like a prick in movies. Although I would, I would disagree about Brooke, played by Olivia Wilde, which I, re- I was trying to remember. Like, why do I own this movie? Because I bought it in a time in my life where I wasn't renting things. I was just like, I'm just gonna buy movies. Because in my head, I was like, I can rent something for three or four dollars, or buy it say for like ten. Yeah, I might as well buy it, even though might it didn't, well it. didn't yeah. work out a lot of the time. But <laughs> I bought this movie, and I was like, why did I buy this movie? And I think, as best as I can remember. Uh, Ty Burrell is the maybe not the star. I don't know if there is a star. If there is a star, it might be Jennifer Garner, maybe. But Ty Burrell is one of the stars, and this was right after I think I first got into Modern Family, so I love him on that. Don't yeah. watch it anymore, but he's my, he was my favorite part of that when I watched it. And then it also came at a time where I was watching House, and I, and Olivia Wilde was on House, and I had a oh, big old movie crush on Olivia Wilde. So I think just the fact that the two of them together 
were in this movie, I was like, oh, let me check this out. And then I watched it, and I was like, oh, that's weird. And then I watched it again this time, and I was like, oh, that's still weird. <laughs> but my roundabout way, the reason I brought it up, why I brought that up now is because of Olivia Wilde, the reason I sort of watched this, I guess, in the first place. And Olivia Wilde, I, I don't necessarily agree that she's not a good person. I think she becomes a good person, if only out of spite. Uh, but at the same time, also a thing that I read was that this is her favorite character that she's ever played, which I yeah, can kind of see. Like, it's she's sort of an interesting, you know, stripper, kind of with a heart of gold, or at least a vengeful and, you know... Heart of Gold toward Destiny, at least. So that's something. Well, do you, do you, do you think like I have to think sometimes that the quote of her saying that's her favorite role? Do you think in 2011 that was her favorite role? What has she hers? done since then? I mean, she was in Meadowland, which was great and super depressing. But I'm not she's sure. What in, she's I done know she's going to be in another foodie film movie called Dr- Drinking with Buddies. Oh, Drinking Buddies! Oh, Drinking Buddies is awesome. Yeah, I love that movie. I forgot she was in that. That movie is great. Yeah. Um. What? She's in Cowboys and Aliens, John Favreau's. Yeah, movie. I'm pretty sure that uh pretty sure that's not gonna beat this one out. I'm just no. saying, Oh, she was in Vinyl. The the short lived vinyl. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, she's on uh Bojack a couple episodes in a really depressing arc. She was in the Lazarus oh, Effect, which can't who be. Who is used. she? I've I've just watched. I never watched BoJack, and I just watched all of BoJack. She who plays she? his ex girlfriend, who's like who's living a good life, and he goes and sort of lives on her houseboat for a little bit, like in her driveway. The deer? No. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. Okay. Yeah. 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 Oh. Yeah. But yeah, Drinking Buddies is awesome. Like that's my probably my favorite thing she's been in. I forgot that she was in that movie. I haven't seen that movie in a while, but uh, yeah, I mean. Uh, she hasn't done a ton since this movie, but I, I would say I think it's just an interesting character that she is a stripper who is very opaque about what she wants. That she basically wants somebody to not take care of her, but just give her money essentially. And then, out of spite, out of like anger toward the man that she's trying to use and abuse, out of the spite of his wife who runs runs her car into their car. Uh, decides to like make her life a living hell essentially. So I think it's a I think it's an interesting dynamic and I can see why she would uh like that type of thing. Joey, you 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 like her so much and I mean I I I really liked her in this film too. Let's play her when she like walks in and she's actually I'll let you choose. Uh would you like to would you like to hear right now the the her walking in and signing up for it or when she knocks on the door and ruins family dinner? Oh, hmm. What scene do you like more? And we'll play it for the foodie fans. Ooh, uh, let's do her walking up uh, to right, sign her... up. Perfect. Here here we go. Hey. Can I help you? Yeah. I want to uh, sign up for the Jackson County Mastery and Butter Sculpture Competition. Oh, man. Yeah, that. I want to sign up for that. Have you worked with butter before? Oh, I've worked with it all. I object. Uh, you know, she is here on time, and the rules do state that anyone can enter. Look at what she's wearing. Um, This will go over very badly with the red ribbon people. Well, uh, I don't see anything in here about that. I really... Ah. Your husband still owes me another $600. Interesting. Did he buy 600 blowjobs on credit? 
Lady, you came in between me and my man. Shh. We are in a moose lodge. Bob is my husband. We have built a life together. Once Caitlin leaves, I plan on proudly bearing his children. So? You want a cookie because you're going to get pregnant? I get pregnant like once a month. Do you honestly think you're anything more than a cheap lady to him? He'll get bored. After that, he'll come right back where he belongs. To my house. Listen. Would you prefer it if I didn't enter this whole butter contest thing? I love that scene because the just the complete opposite of like Jennifer Garner's character, who's also really great in this film. Yeah. I think she the between the two of them, uh, they're just like great characters and like just I don't know believable anchors to this movie. Um, but just her, <laughs> Olivia Wilde coming in and Jennifer, Garner, I, I smell smoke, and she comes in and like let and you know has a cigarette, throws it on the ground in this gymnasium or whatever rec center or whatever it is, and uh, it's also what's what's her Nancy Phyllis Smith from The Office, she's she's in this. Oh, Kristen, the fun... Kristen Shaw. Oh, is that? Oh, that's her name. Her, I think I don't know. I've never seen The Office. Hold on, Phyllis Smith. The office. Uh, oh no no okay no sorry that's the other part okay yeah Phyllis Smith behind the desk yes 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 okay oh yeah and Kristen Shaw plays like Carol Ann Stevens yeah she's yes. Bob's Burgers yeah. and all has that fantastic voice uh, and then De- and Destiny is also in this scene too so just a great I mean a great scene of a bunch of women and they're all they all have their own plan I get well I mean pretty much the entries have like their goals or whatever. But that's just, uh, I mean, what do, what do you think just as far as Olivia Wilde and, you know, versus the Jennifer Garner? I think that, I think in terms of filmmaking, this is one of the better scenes in the movie because it really shows and doesn't tell who these people are. That there is mm-hmm. the long, cordoned off, you know, way that you're supposed to walk up to sign up. <laughs> yeah, that's because I guess perfect, they're expecting yeah. this, like, really, really popular sign up to be happening or whatever, and no one is there. So Jennifer Garner, very, like, primly and properly walks up. Kristen Schaal in her weirdo, the same character she plays in everything, sort of awkwardly shuffles up through it. And then Olivia Wilde comes up and like just one at a time just rips everything off and just like dis- leaving destruction in her wake. And then Destiny comes up and just like ducks under the thing and like just gets straight, basically straight down to business and does like sort of the smartest way and the most efficient way. And, like I like that each of their ways of getting up there, you know, it's a simple scene, but it works in a better way than most of the rest of this movie. Definitely. And I mean, so again, like just, this is something, I mean, I don't do like a plot, read a plot summary for this podcast. I feel like if you're going to be listening to a podcast about a movie, you should be, you should have watched it beforehand. Or, I mean, it would be awesome if you're listening to this and it inspires you to watch it. But I'm just the basic plot again is that they're, this is, they live in Iowa and they have, it's a specific county that they have the what ends up being four women face off uh, against one another in a butter carving competition. Yes, and I and wrote down their uh, the names of their butter carving. 
Ooh, all right. So Jennifer Garner does Family Prayers. Which Sounds like a bad sitcom or something. It does. Maybe. It's it's the family just around the dining the dining room table just praying. Uh, <laughs> Kristen Shaw does kittens in a basket because she couldn't draw or do a carve a blanket. Right? Yes. <laughs> uh, Olivia Wilde does the Scarlet Letter, which is just a block of butter that she writes in lipstick an A on it and just is like a frowny face essentially. Yeah. And very, then the yeah. the greatest one is that Destiny does Freedom Train, which is Harriet Tubman sitting atop a train made of butter, I guess going to, uh, you know, a literal depiction of the Underground Railroad. Yeah, I mean, they are, I mean, someone must have, well, I don't know if they are exactly, these are movie props, so they probably didn't use real butter for, like, the ones that are standing in the background for all those scenes, so they're not running, you know, refrigeration right. trucks the whole time. But you do see them carving, and I mean, obviously, butter carving competitions exist. Do they? So, That's what I was going to ask. Do they, they do exist? I've been to state fairs, and okay. I've, uh, and, uh, yeah, and, oh, and they do. I was also going to say, perfect timing for releasing this episode, if it's coming out in August, we're right in the middle of the Iowa State Fair, according to this movie's uh, calendar. Oh, well, you know what? Maybe I'll. I'll <laughs> I wish we lived closer to Iowa. Yeah. I would go there. And, but I, yeah, I was at the New Jersey State Fair recently. Not nothing like this kind of state fair. I was at the Meadowlands, and you know, it's a uh, state fair food. You know, a lot, a lot of fried food. Yep. There was. The, I saw the, actually. I saw fried butter as an option. I don't know how that exists in our world. Have you, did you eat it? No, 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 no. I just that's there's certain things. Let's go on a little food tangent okay. off the off the movie right now. The, like fro- you know, I remember growing up and we would always go you know down the Jersey Shore, whether usually Wildwood, and there's a big boardwalk there. And I remember you know it was growing up, it was like funnel cake yeah. and ice cream. Yep. And then all of a sudden one summer there were like deep fried Oreos, and it was like whoa, yeah. What is this? And you have one, and sure, of course, it's freaking delicious, but you just, it feels, it feels like, you know, just, I don't know, something is taking over, you're being, I don't know, manipulated by evil forces when, once it's in your body, but it tastes delicious. So I was at a Mets but, game uh, two weeks ago, maybe, and at City Field, they sell deep fried Oreos, but at the same stand, they also sell fried dough, which my friends got, and fried dough is, imagine a funnel cake. Without uh-huh. flavor. Oh, it's so that. Like, was there powdered sugar? No. In it? Why? Why would you? I don't know. So it's like, or I guess a zeppeli without powdered sugar. It's just, or... it's just imagine dough, yeah, fried, yeah, with no powdered sugar and no real like reason for being. That's the well, there, there, there you have, yeah, zero reason for being. Yeah, but I, you know, I mean, in the age of social media, and I, I post plenty of food, but I just see so much food being posted that I'm like, I, I, I don't, you know, so a lot of it's like, I guess I would try that once and say I tried it yeah. or to see or to see what it tastes like because that seems interesting, but totally unhealthy to have frequently. But you know, I, I went to this one bagel place in in. Uh, the mythic central Jersey mm-hmm. and uh, it, it just had one of, I live there. You live kind of in Westers. I do live in Westers. But, I live more central than my parents do where I was, where I was raised, but uh, okay. yeah. So I am, I'm sort of closer to central Jersey. It exists. It exists. Uh, okay. Another, that's another podcast debate. Mm. Uh, <laughs> but 
the, you know, it's one of those places that they had like 50 different types of cream cheeses with some had cookies yep. in it and some, and it was just, I tried it and I did get the, I know you're an Elvis fan. I got, I got the Elvis one. So it was, you know, peanut butter and bacon and, uh, bananas. It was and a good, I and yeah, and I had it on. I think like a, I think it was like a French toast flavored bagel. And sure, like it was, but it was just a sweetness overload. And I'm like, you know what? That's just too much. Actually, the most recent thing I posted about, and I said I'm absolutely offended. And I mean, I don't know. Wait, do you call it Taylor ham or pork roll? So I Sorry, don't we're... know. I okay. don't have an answer to that. Sorry, listeners. We're we're both from Joey and I are both that, from New Jersey. That doesn't and exist outside the state, meat. really, does it? Pretty just like Philadelphia. Yeah. Like. That's 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 about it. But long story short, there's a meat mostly consumed at breakfast time. North Jersey calls it Taylor ham. Central, South, and Philly area call it pork roll for the most part. I guess Central will go either you know flip flops since they're in the center. And uh, but I saw someone post recently again down on a Jersey uh, boardwalk that there was chocolate covered pork roll for sale. Oh, on huh. and uh, you know. And I and this is when I saw that. Then I reposted the picture and I put my own little statement of just like, of course, this is like what you would do down because I just I love you know heating the North versus South Jersey like you know beach towns and all that kind of stuff because they call us Bennies as an acronym for all that. But anyway, like <laughs> we all know, sweet and salty taste good together. That's you know that's a basic you know food conception for as long as... I mean, they show it really good in Ratatouille of, like, eating, you know, like, a fruit and a cheese at the same time. It's a no-brainer. But there's just certain things that, like, go too far, and you'll see them on boardwalks or these state fairs. And again, this movie is just about butter carving, but it's... But have you ever seen a food that you're just like, no, 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 like, you just wouldn't want to take a part of it? Um, probably... I feel like, so my weird thing with food, and that's not a weird thing with food, but my dad is relatively a picky eater, so growing mm-hmm. up, my mom didn't make a lot of stuff, so there's just a lot of food that I really haven't had, so I haven't had a lot of different kinds of fish, I haven't had a lot of, like, I, I only had sushi for the first time a couple of years ago, like, there's just a right. lot of things that I'm just not familiar with, and so I feel like a lot of these things that in my brain are, not those necessarily, but, like, that are sort of exotic, I just haven't had, so, like, I'm sure there's lots of things where I'd be like, oh, no, no, I don't want any part of that. But then I would try it and it'd probably be delicious. So I don't know if I have a really good answer because my answer is probably way too many things. <laughs> uh, well, getting back to the film, uh, we've said some of the cast, but Jennifer Garner, Ty Burrell, Olivia Wilde, Kristen Shaw, Phyllis Smith, Rob Corddry, Alicia Silverstone? That was just... Uh, I mean, I know this movie is back in 2011, but... What is she? I I just always her. I think like Clueless, uh, Batman and Robin, and Blast from the Past. Like what? (laughs) And then she's in Butter. She's also Uh, in um, the Killing of a Sacred Deer, which came out last year, which is really creepy and weird and great. uh, That oh, is that with Colin Farrell? Yes, great. And she's in some new TV show on Lifetime or OWN or something or Paramount maybe. Um, okay. So she's she's sort of quote unquote back as an actress now. Well, that's cool. I mean, I think she does a good job. I mean, she plays a you know like a sweet, caring like adoptive mother to or fo- you know at first I guess foster yep. parent, but then they adopt Destiny. Um, and then a great 
more than a cameo, but not a big role for Hugh Jackman. I wonder how they landed him down as, as Boyd Boyd Bolt. That's just a great name, anyway. Boyd Bolt. When he shows up, I was like, "Holy shit!" Because I knew he was in there. Because he's like top build. Like Letterbox is weird, but he's top build on Letterboxd. And mm-hmm. I he shows up, and I was just like, "Oh my god!" Like there he is, and then he's just like a a wild character in a movie sort of filled with like like I feel like a lot of the characters in this movie want to get to that point, and they just don't like they're afraid to like the writers are afraid to like have them be like real real crazy and i think with him they're just unafraid to let loose and i feel like that's why he sort of stands out because he's manic in a world where maybe only brooke olivia wilde's character is also manic you know what i mean like i feel like jennifer garner and ty burrell should be crazier like it feels like the emotional center of this movie for whatever reason is rob cordry and alicia silverstone and destiny like it feels like that's like where like the normalcy is yeah. For whatever reason. But it feels like the whole butter thing should be a lot crazier than it is, and it just seems like Jennifer Garner's like this type A stuck up woman, Ty Burrell is like this beaten down man. And also the weirdest thing about their relationship, and I wanna talk about this for a second if you don't mind. Sure. The fact that they seem too young to have a daughter as old as Ashley Green, and then you find out halfway through the movie that she's Jennifer Garner's her stepmother. So Ty Burrell had well, another they... relationship before this. Yeah. Yeah, because the, that's it is weird. I mean, in the in the early on in the film, they're at I don't know, some kind of awards dinner, right? And there's like a little documentary that's being shown, and or I guess the fifteenth year, I guess celebrating the fifteen years that uh, Ty Burrell's character won all of like the butter carving competitions, yeah. and underneath her, when they show. Uh, Laura on screen for the first time it says second wife underneath but it is weird that they have this I guess you know 17 18 yeah, year old like, daughter yeah like a high school almost college age daughter and considering this is around the time of modern family well I guess she's not that much older than Haley maybe on modern family I don't know it just caught me off guard that like she's so old ish but it's also the midwest yeah. it's a different kind of I don't know I don't know I really don't know yeah, no, the, I mean, well, there's just certain parts of this movie, like, the three that really, you know, again, pushing, like, like they want to be this comedy, I mean, it's a rated R movie, okay, yeah. and I feel like they want to be a little edgy with their comedy, and so they have, the three things that come to mind are, well, I guess four, it's, like, Olivia Wilde and, you know, like, and Ty Burrell and the like the uh, strip club and she, like she says that line to him like my dad raped me yep. when like she's giving him a lap dance yeah. and just I mean anything like with like the two of them and then it ends up that Ty Burrell's daughter uh, hooks up with Olivia Wilde's character and has you know I guess uh, you know experiments and mm-hmm. you know have, uh, have sex together and then well, feel, like, the, hold on one second like, I feel like yeah and I'm, I'm saying hold on, like, in a way that, like, let's talk about how this movie sort of fails its characters again. Like, just because yeah. there's a thread in this movie in which Ty Burrell apparently promises Olivia Wilde, like, $600 or $1,200 or whatever. Yeah. And so Olivia Wilde keeps showing up to collect. And at one point, Ashley Green, I guess, kind of falls in love with her because she's so exotic that she's so, like, alternative to her, like, mm-hmm. yeah, presumably... Nobody else, like, she knows exactly. in high school in Iowa. Yeah. Exactly. And so she is sort of enraptured by her and falls in love with her and they apparently have sex one night like Olivia Wilde goes down on her then they make out and who knows what else happens because it cuts away but like I feel like that's just not like it's there for I guess 
to make the movie sexy? Like, I don't know what that what that serves. I don't know why it's really there. And then eventually later, she just gives her the money, and then like that's the end of their interaction. Like, why is that happening? Like, what what is that? What's the benefit of that? I don't know, and that's something that I wanted to uh, bring up, which is the tagline. There's kind of two taglines for this movie. Oh, okay. Both, oh, both on the poster. Yes. The one is a comedy about sex, power, and spreading the wealth, and then like that's at the top of the poster, yep. and at the bottom it says there's going to be a meltdown. So obviously spreading the wealth and then going to be a meltdown right. to like butter-esque related things. But a comedy about sex, power, and spreading the wealth, and then even I think her first. Uh, when Jennifer Gardner the is first line of the movie, narrating. Or the first lines of the movie, right? Yeah, she says this is a, a cutthroat story of greed, blackmail, sex, and butter. Yeah, and it's it kind but of there, is. Is there bla- there's not blackmail in this movie, is there? Uh, does Brooke black? blackmail not- someone? I don't know, but like it also doesn't matter because it's not like core to the story. Sex is like sort of tangential to the story. It's really just that greed and butter, but like butter sort of takes a back seat. It's just about Jennifer Garner being like a possessive, you know, type A, you know, and racist at yeah, some point. Yes. That's the other. So that was the two other things I was going to say. Is Jennifer Garner then goes on this like little tirade of what she wants to say in her? Well, no, she says it in the car in front of both like her husband and stepdaughter but then has this dream like scenario of where what she would say otherwise when she lost to uh to destiny and it gets like like um, uh, you know just uh, i just wrote, like whoa that got racist yeah <laughs> and then like, why? the other but why i don't i don't i don't i have no idea but and then i guess that's a political like commenting on because then she is they make a couple of Republican comments in this movie. Like in the end, then she's running for Gardner, uh, for governor, and then at one point, they, uh, I think there's there's a fun, there's a scene where Rob Corddry again is being like the sweetest character he's ever played, and and telling Destiny it's right before she goes inside to sign up for the butter yeah. uh, competition, and they're just riffing on you know it's in improv scene where they're just saying the worst things that they could find inside right now and I think they say something about Republicans at that point. But that's the whole thing. It's another weird like the like not committing to a joke or a plot thread of like making fun of the very right. I don't yeah, it you know. feels like they want to make fun of like right wing and conservative politicians and just I guess the, like the voting base, but that they're afraid to, and then at times it also feels like it glorifies it. Like it just it doesn't have a, a, an opinion or an angle or a voice, and it feels like it's just dipping. Like I wish this was just like a you know actually what I was thinking during this movie, what I wish this was about, or I wish mm-hmm. like this was the style of was I wish this was a Christopher Guest movie because it feels like yes. it should be. Like it feels like it should be like a Best in Show, like just or like a mask, like even mascots, like mascots not his best movie. I still enjoyed it because there's still a lot of funny in there. But yeah, just take this group of weirdos and make a movie about them as opposed to like, hey, let's talk about race a little bit and let's talk about politics a little bit and let's talk about sex a little bit and let's talk about, you know, homosexuality a little Like it just feels like why are you trying to do all this when you should just be like, when at the core of your movie it's about weirdos carving butter. Like what are you doing? Yeah, I mean, and it- like whether or not they they because this isn't like a mockumentary you know type scenario maybe it would have been better as that you know to like show that kind of 
story or you know whether they did chose to tell a story that way or not like you said there is it's supposed to be i mean the movie's called butter it is about this these different people that for one reason or another they're in this butter carving competition so i mean for jennifer garner it's that she needs to prove something to herself because her husband has been winning for the past 15 years and then also then he cheats on her and she needs to like she just feels like she needs to step up and prove that maybe she you know she's better than him the champion for the past 15 years and then you've got destiny a girl that's been moving from house to house in you know uh, as an orphan and now she's in this one home of these caring people and they're just like oh you must be good at something and then she i guess at one point saw bob and laura on tv and got into butter carving and then she walks into the thing and real weird yeah, and so, and then you have the two other women. That's the whole thing. Like you said, there's they have those for the sign in. There's this whole you know weaving you know like the airport system of walking through, but then only four people sign up to you know as the part of the county to go into the state you know at the state fair or whatever. But that that is they just totally drop the ball, paint with a you know a broad you know stroke of the brush, and just not land like. A single, I don't know, like comment, and there's not really, I guess, and again, like you said, it ends up being Destiny has the big story arc, which is fine. Which is fine, but yeah. It's just, it just never, I don't know, never committed. And the and the last thing of like to show like weird comedy was, <laughs> I mean, this did make me laugh, but Boyd, uh, in Hugh Jackman's character after Jennifer Garner and he have sex at his car dealership, and she leaves. He's in the car, and he's thanking God. Yeah. But, like, you know, he just has the line of... Well, you know, it's a fu- I, this is a scene that I r- really liked and I thought was funny, and it's, especially because Hugh Jackman is supposedly one of the most delightful people of all time and rarely... You know, sure, he played tough Wolverine, but he rarely plays, like, you know, like, assholes. Yep. And so this let's let's play this scene, and, you'll, and we'll talk about it after. It's me. Boy Bolton. Oh wait, there's probably a lot of Boy Boltons. Hmm. Okay, so just so you know, I'm the one that lives in Iowa City. I don't, I don't think there's any other Boy Boltons that live in Iowa City, but if there is, I'm the one who runs Bolton Supercenter. Yeah, anyway, I just wanted to take this moment to thank you for sending Laura Pickler to fuck me. I mean, I don't know what you guys are doing up there, but her pussy is like even tighter than it was in high school. It's... It's like she hasn't even used it in 20 years. Anyway. I just wanted to say... Thank you. You're so cool, God. Amen. Yeah, so just <laughs> him explaining to God exactly which, you know, Boyd that he is yep. in Iowa. And then just, you know, like, oh, you know, like, her pussy's so tight. Like that, again, like that, there's certain words yeah. 
or names that you just when you hear them it makes you think of something in pop culture and that makes me to go back to a director i think that they were kind of emulating alexander payne i remember an election the teacher saying to matthew broderick about reese witherspoon like her pussy's so wet and that is such a chilling like disgusting i remember watching that in high school yeah. and the high and the high school film teacher is there and actually he kind of reminded me of matthew broderick in that movie <laughs> and so it just it was a very awkward scenario brian will tell you about it sometime uh but like he, but it it's just a very like off-putting line but ultimately is like cringe weird funny worthy and this was just more funny that I was hearing it from Hugh Jackman versus funny movie. I is what I guess what I'm trying to yeah, say. Yeah, I think it's uh. like him injecting it in there. Like I feel, I don't know. I feel like it's it's easy to give him. And I think maybe right to give him the credit. And I agree with you here, in that like the rest of the movie isn't as energetic as he is, and then he comes up with this burst of life. And again, just I don't know if. It's the writers just knowing how to, or the the writer, I think, or whatever, knowing how mm-hmm. to write him better, or like not being afraid to, or like like having this like basically evil character in a way, just be crazy and just like going for it. Or if he was like, no, I'm the jazz this up a bit. Like I don't know why, but it does feel like he's like in a different movie, sort of like he's in the movie that everybody else should be in. Yeah, def- yeah, exactly. There are these, like, he, he is, like, his character for sure, and then these other characters have these moments of this whole other movie that could have existed. Uh, and the one interesting thing about uh, that uh, it was fun because then I was trying to find clips to watch, and I what I usually like when I have a hard time, then I'll put like the actor and then the movie or whatever. But when I put Hugh Jackman butter, it's funny. This is not only like the only like butter scene, butter movie that he's in, and that's uh, uh, Kate and Leopold. Remember that movie that he does with? Uh, oh God, why am I? I know of it. I haven't seen that though either. Yeah, well, I know Leif Schreiber's in them. Oh, it's uh, Meg Ryan is in it as well. And so just in the other, she, she, I think Meg Ryan works for an ad agency or something like that. And one and then Leopold is from, it's a time travel movie, like, you know, romance movie. And then he's from the, around the time exactly of like New York when they built the Brooklyn Bridge. And just like, he's got this very proper voice and he does a butter commercial in that movie. So it's just a, kind of funny that he's got this side butter characters going on. But... <laughs> Um, I mean, anything else about about this movie that I mean? So you, Let me this see. this was it, admittingly this is a movie that so you, like you said it you like Ty Burrell you like Olivia Wilde this is why you own it. Yep. I mean, would you would you tell people to watch? The, I mean, no. it's, you know, it's on Netflix. No, I don't. You wouldn't tell people. <laughs> I don't think so because like the things that I like about it, like I like Olivia Wilde. There's better there's better Olivia Wilde movies. I like Hugh Jackman in this. There's better Hugh Jackman movies. I like Ty Burrell in this, but like. There's probably, like, you could probably just pick at random four Modern Family episodes, especially from the earlier seasons, and just, like, have more fun. But the thing, oh, the yeah, things that are sure. good about this movie are better elsewhere. Like, it's not, like, I don't think this is a bad movie. It's just, like, a, a weirdly written, doesn't-go-far-enough movie. Yeah. Uh, okay, just, so yeah. a few different things, just, like, real quick that I wrote down. Some of Ty Burrell's past butter sculptures include Newt Gingrich on Horse, which was apparently <laughs> uh, confrontational or, you know, controversial, T-Rex yeah. eating girl, and then his magnum opus, Schindler's List. 
Schindler's yeah, there was his well, a magnum opus. But then I love at the end, right before Destiny wins, that one. I forget, I didn't write down the character's name, but that guy that Jennifer Garner's character like harasses that wants Tyrell to retire. He says that there's only been two, you know, pieces that have made him like cry and feel this emotion before, and then the one ends up being Destiny's uh, piece that she wins with. But then the other one was Bob's Jesus Christ. Oh, yeah, the life-size recreation of The Last Supper. Uh, of the No, 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 oh. it's not The Last Supper one. It's the one, it's The Passion of the Christ oh. with Neil Diamond's face on oh, Jesus yes, Christ. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> and that, and then, and then Destiny's, Destiny ends up, she get she finds out that her uh, birth mother passed away, and then the, I guess the, I don't know, a woman that works for the state gives her a picture of her when she was a baby with her mother, and that's what she makes the sculpture, but then... Boyd uh, goes in and melts the baby's face. And I love... It's definitely... Again, this is even yet another... They're making a comment, like, on art and people looking too far into art, in you know, in this world. So we've got, like, religion, politics, art, uh, food, uh, you know, this whole chasm of, co- you know, things that they want to comment on and they just never, I, I think, landed one that well. Yeah, I agree. I'm just seeing if there's anything else that I really like in my notes. Uh, Ashley Green telling Ty Burrell why he, she totally understands why he'd want a hooker. Like, just like, oh, I hate my mom, or I hate, I hate your wife too, essentially. Yeah. There's a couple things, like, Destiny says two different lines in this movie, white people are weirdos and are these crackers for real? Which, <laughs> okay. Very, yeah. Hearing that come out of, uh, like, a 10-year-old girl's mouth is just, uh, again, like, not... That could be in a movie, but I I want that movie to keep them pressing like put like pushing that. But it was just it felt so out of yeah. place and out of nowhere. Um, um, oh, yeah. so uh, Olivia Wilde texting from the stage as she's stripping is pretty great. And then later when she's I think this is when they're signing up for the butter carving competition. She says to Jennifer Garner, you want a cookie because you think you're going to get pregnant? I get pregnant like once a month. And this is like, oh, that's aggressive. But I thought just like the way that she delivers that I think is pretty great. Yeah, this tra- I mean, it's a good, I don't know how recently you've seen the trailer. The trailer's pretty funny, but I think it just takes all these moments yeah. that are funny in the movie. And you're like, oh, this is going to be that kind of movie. But it, then it doesn't end up being. I also liked uh, that Olivia Wilde gets the money from Ashley Green and instead of buying, you know, work clothes, which is just like the lingerie, she buys like a really nice knife set so that Destiny can beat Jennifer Garner in this competition, which I don't think she needed, but was also just like a weird, nice character moment, which I really liked. Yeah, and then she even writes to her at the end and tells her that she's now a manager at Barnes & Nobles, because that's what she tells her yep. that's what she does. Although, Destiny was there when she... when telling the crowd about the Scarlet Letter thing. She says all of her, like, you know, that she dances and has done acts for sex. And Destiny is right there, so I don't know. And Destiny seems like a pretty savvy young girl, so I don't know why she believes this whole Barnes & Noble manager bit, but... I don't know. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, And the only other thing, what was the other thing that I had that I wanted to say? Oh, I don't know if we mentioned, I don't know if you mentioned, but the thing that Jennifer Garner carves at States is... JFK getting assassinated, like he, she's carving the car, and JFK <laughs> yeah, the car, head and like JFK's head and, exploded. And Jackie on the back hood trying to pick up parts of his brain. Like, why is that? Like, what? Like, that's crazy. But I feel like it's not. 
paid, like, there's not enough attention paid to that. Like, that's the kind of thing I want in this movie, and this movie doesn't know what to do with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I agree. That's, like, yet another, like, the, the time put in to, like, show that kind of carving and, like, to choose, you know, like, they had, like, they showed earlier in the movie all, like you said, like, Ty Burrell's carvings, and this one kind of gets looked over for, like, then the plot of the, you know, story being that, like, Destiny still wins. Yeah. But that, I don't know, that it deserves, yeah, it deserves so much more as a, such a weird thing to choose as, you know, your carving. Yeah. But, did you play with food as a kid? Not like did this. Did you ever, like, <laughs> did you ever do the close encounters like mashed potato mountain? No, I don't think so. I mean, I remember my cousins would do this like ornate like pile of pile of mashed potatoes and then like fill the mashed potatoes with corn and then drizzle gravy all over. Like they have this like intricate mound of like Thanksgiving yeah. and Christmas, you know, side dishes. I never did that, but I do love a potato and I do love a corn. Butter on your potato? Uh, depends. Usually, yeah, on a baked potato, yeah. In mashed potatoes, I assume that like. They've been mashed with enough butter, and I don't usually go that route. But on a baked potato, yeah, absolutely. Some sour cream? No. I no. don't do white sauces. I don't do white uh, anything oh. like that. No mayo, no sour no, cream. Not no, no, no Alfredo. I do Alfredo. Yeah. Alfredo's like, I don't know why my brain's weird. I don't like sour cream, and I don't like mayo. Is my, my big things. Okay. There you go. Yeah, there we go. Oh, that's why, yeah. And that's I, I would like to point out a very good uh, coleslaw that you made. Oh, yeah. At, no mayo. Vinegar-based. Vinegar based, yes, I did know that. Super, super simple. All it is is vinegar, sugar, salt, and pepper. That's it. Yeah, and when I go back to down to you know, you lived in Austin for uh, how long? Two years. Two years. Yeah, I'm going back down to. It'll be my fourth time in Austin in like October. I'm definitely gonna pay attention, but I'm pretty sure. Like I asked you, like, oh, did you get like inspired by this when living in Austin? I feel like that's a like a southern thing to do with the coleslaw. I think so. I feel like in the north it's more mayo based. I feel like in the south it's like vinegar. I mean, and God knows, obviously, barbecue is different in yeah. from Texas to North Carolina to Tennessee to Kansas City. Uh, you know, it's so different everywhere. But I feel like the the vinegar coleslaw is a bit more of a southern thing. So I'm gonna have to pay. Attention. Yeah, I've had I, in Tennessee in I don't remember it was it was Memphis. I was in Memphis for Graceland. Uh, and so I think somebody in here calls Ty Burrell the Elvis of butter, maybe, which I, you know, yeah. liked that. So, but I was, when I was in Memphis, I had some barbecue and I think it was mayo based, but I think it was like very lightly. And I was like t- on top of a sandwich and I was like, this is okay. It's just like when it's gloopy and drippy, it's just like, that's not gr- Like I'd rather have the yeah. taste of the cabbage, the taste of the seasoning, the spices, whatever, instead of just like, sure, just, sure. like sloppy mess. Yeah. Yeah. I like, I mean, sometimes I like. You know, like on a sandwich, like a decent amount of may- like I like may- mayonnaise on like roast beef. But then there's like you know my my days that I want some oil and vinegar, or some Russian dressing, or something like that. But yeah, yeah, man, I I totally may- mayonnaise is something that I like, but I would I totally get how someone doesn't like it. Yeah, it's very it's a weird it's just a weird substance. Just the lack of pigment is also just yeah. a weird thing. So. I that's something I would never judge any uh, anybody on, but yeah. So uh, and so yeah. Any any last thoughts on butter before we move on? No, nope, that's our, all I got about butter. All right, that's butter. I I I don't know. It's on Netflix. Uh, sometimes I'm like, oh, there's nothing to watch on Netflix. So if you're there's just always in that things kind of to mood, watch on Netflix, Kyle. 
That's true. I need I need some recommendations. I need a next TV show to binge mm. watch that's available okay. on Netflix. But we'll get maybe we'll, we'll talk Hannibal, about Hannibal. Just do Hannibal. Hannibal's food related. It is. Well, I don't, is I don't that, think is that on, that's on Hulu. I think. Yeah. Right? There you go. Yeah. I have Amazon and Netflix. Mm, those okay. are my two. But uh, all right. So moving on. Uh, this is uh, and you can. Take some time to open up your email, but Joey, I would like you very much. I, you're, I, I trust you. You're, you're an honest. Yeah, I've not opened. Uh, I got guy. all five emails in front of me. Don't open till okay. segment. Uh, I'm gonna do number yes. number uh, 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 three for third time's a charm. Oh, perfect. Okay, so yes, open up number. Shout three out to Mike Nancy. Yes. Oh, I know what this is. Okay. Okay, so the, the would you like to tell the foodie fans which? Uh, so this is again, this is a segment. Joey and I are not in the same room. Normally, I would have someone write on a little piece of paper, pull it out of like a hat or something. Yep. But I sent Joey five different. I said, "Do not open until the segment." And I sent the links to five different famous food scenes. And which scene is this, Joey? This is from Harry. When Harry met Sally, this is the uh, cat's delicatessen where she talks about how easy it is to fake an orgasm. A movie that I've ah. never seen, again, sorry, but I've seen this scene a bunch of times because this is like one of the most probably iconic, not only food scenes in movie history, but just like scene scenes in movie history. Well, there, you know what? I, I wanted nothing but the best for you. I'm glad you picked that cool. one, Joey. Can I look at the other uh, four? Sure, you're, you're welcome to look at the other four, but this okay, is the one. Okay. We'll, we'll, play, we'll play that one, yes. Okay, okay. Okay, so one, two, and three, I would have been happy with. Uh, four uh-huh. and five, I'm glad I didn't get. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, th- those will remain a mystery yeah. for you, foodie fans. Uh, but they will definitely be. I've got a list, and there will be. I mean, I think there's. Uh, I don't know if it's safe to say, but there's definitely just as many famous food scenes as there are food movies out there. There's a lot of good food um, I, scenes, yeah, because like, cause the, the yeah. scene number one, and I won't say what it is, but I basically have that scene and a lot of that movie memorized, and that movie is not really at all about food, but that scene is very much in, like exclusively about food, you know what I mean? So, yeah. There you go. Yeah. Well, we 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 can say we won't say the mo- we won't say the scene, but we can say the movie. The the movie's pulp fiction. Well, there's a, there's actually pulp- a couple different food scenes. Yeah, there's a there's a couple of great together food. in that in that in that little in that little chunk of the movie. Yeah. Definitely, uh, and like with those characters, that chunk of yeah. the movie. Uh, so, but but yeah, so the the scene at hand is the Katz's delicatessen scene uh, with you know Harry and Sally, and so let's let's play that for you folks. So what do you do with these women? You just get up out of bed and leave? Sure. Well, explain to me how you do it. What do you say? Just have an early meeting, early haircut, early squash game. You don't play squash. I don't know that. They just met me. That's disgusting. I know. I feel terrible. You know, I'm so glad I never got involved with you. I just would have ended up being some woman you had to get up out of bed and leave at 3 o'clock in the morning and go clean your andirons. And you don't even have a fireplace. Not that I would know this. Why are you getting so upset? This is not about you. Yes, it is. You are a human affront to all women, and I am a woman. Hey, I don't feel great about this, but I don't hear anyone complaining. Of course not. You're out the door too fast. I think they have an okay time. How do you know? I mean, how do I know I know? Because they... Yes, because they... How do you know that they're really... What are you saying? That they fake orgasm? It's possible. Get out of here. Why? Most women at one time or another have faked it. Well, they haven't faked it with me. 
How do you know? Because I know. Oh. Right. That's right. I forgot. You're a man. What was that supposed to mean? Nothing. It's just that all men are sure it never happened to them, and most women at one time or another have done it, so you do the math. You don't think that I can tell a difference? No. Get out of here. I'll have what she's having. I love that she takes a bite of the ice cream at the end, just like, <laughs> like literal the cherry on top of the performance. So that's like you said, it, uh, you know, a famous food scene and just a famous scene, you know, in in movie in cinema history. Uh, so you haven't seen when Harry met Sally? No. Wow, that's got. I mean, it's got the late great Carrie Fisher in it. Um, oh, I feel like such a, uh, Bruno Kirby, the late Bruno Kirby. He, that's, it's just, it's such a great movie. Do you know, since, okay, so you haven't seen it, you know, the movie's directed by, uh, Rob Reiner? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, the, and the old lady, I'll have what she's having, that's his mother. Oh. So, I love the whole, well, you know, I mean, it, she came up so much on P.S. I Love Hoffman and definitely will on Foodie Films, but my mother is, and I love it, it's actually, she even came up on Brian's high school slumber party. She's becoming something of lore in the Cage Club network system, but... I, I love when like Scorsese incorporates his mother into movies. That's just... Uh, and, and that's a food scene, too. And then uh, Goodfellas, when they go to get the knife to cut off the... the what do you call it? The, the hoof? You know? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and then his mom's like, oh, stay stay a while. Have something. Make, I'll make you something to eat. Uh, but this this scene... I mean, like, I actually, Meg Ryan just came up before by me saying the Hugh Jackman, Kate, and Leopold thing, but this is... I mean, have you ever faked an orgasm, Joey Lewandowski? Uh, no, have you? <laughs> I feel like it's a different ball game. So, okay, yeah, 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 definitely. Uh, but um, uh, Meg Ryan, I mean, this is going to date the podcast today, and we can actually probably cut this out. But like, did you see that uh, Dennis Quaid talked about like why he and Meg Ryan got divorced was because she just became too famous. He he quote got lost in her fame apparently. Wow, and that I mean now, like I mean, Meg Ryan really hasn't done anything substantial in quite some time, but she had a very illustrious career in the, I mean, what the late '80s and through the '90s, I'd say. Um, 
Mid, maybe maybe mid eighties. The first thing I can picture in is Top Gun, as Goose's wife. Yeah, take but, my breath away. Uh, yes. <laughs> um, but I mean, Billy Crystal, hilarious. This is also, I mean, as mu- as as famous of a food scene or a scene in general is Katz's delicatessen. Uh, like you said, you love a good sandwich. Oh, and also pastr- of importance to you, sandwiches. not to interrupt you, but of importance no, to no. you, before we went to your P.S. I Love Hoffman live event, uh, Joe Chu and I and a couple of his friends went to Katz's. Oh, awesome. Yep. And you had, did you have the pastrami? Uh, of course. Okay, I, you know, I mean, you ha- you kind of yeah. have to, but, uh, did, and did you did you eat the coleslaw there? Uh, did not have the coleslaw. We got the, the pickles and the half-sours, and they were delicious. Ah, ooh. Did you get a potato knish as well? I love knish. No, we just I just had a whole no. sandwich and I had the pickles and the half sours and that's all I did. So it was uh, it was a well, lot that's, of food. That's pl- that is plenty of yeah, food. Yeah, 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 I yeah. mean the sandwiches there between them and then second they have delicatessen like those are always the two like pastrami battling outs. But that just that I mean that scene is great in so many ways. Uh, do you have anything else to? Uh, no, I want to see the movie. I just on... haven't. Yeah. Well. The, and foodie fans, if you haven't, please, please check it out. Uh, when Harry Met Sally, it's just one of the most quintessential rom-coms of all time. Billy Crystal, Meg Ryan are just killing it in the movie, and uh, yeah, cool. Check it out, enjoy it, or rewatch it and enjoy it. Uh, the last segment of this uh, podcast. I need to come up with a name for it. So, foodie fans, comment on Instagram, on Facebook, on. Twitter on Twitter or, uh, you know, on, on cage clubs as well. But this is, I'm calling it for right now. I'm just calling it a speed round, but it's not like there's a, a ticking clock. Like you have to answer it in a certain amount of time, but I just want you to, you know, answer like, you know, right away, just, you know, whatever, whatever, whatever you comes first to mind, Joey. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. So first question, favorite fast food. Ooh, five guys fries. Oh, very good. Burgers, very good. burgers are pretty good. The burgers are not the best of like I think there's other really equivalent burgers out there, but their fries, when done right, are the best. Well, this, this is not a question that I'm going to always ask, but what is so? What's your favorite fast food burger? Um, I recently realized I think it just might be McDonald's quarter pounder with cheese. There because the reason I get Royale with the cheese. reason I get the Royale <laughs> with cheese. The reason I get it is because on my burger I like ketchup, pickles, and onions. And cheese, some when it when applicable, and I don't like asking for like no mayo, no whatever, no whatever. Like just by default, that's the, that's the burger that I want, and I just like that's 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 easy to order. That's what I want. Yeah, well, fast food, easy to order. That makes sense to me. Favorite or no? I'm sorry. Go to beer uh, and or cocktail. Oh, I don't really do hard liquor. Do a lot of beer. Right okay. now, I'm drinking a terrapin. What kind of beer is this? Beyond the Galaxy IPA, which is pretty delicious. Oh, IPA guy? I am. Although, I guess my go-to beer, have to say, Corona. Hashtag family. All right. (laughs) Uh, Favorite childhood snack? Ooh, good question. I don't know if I haven't answered that, but my favorite childhood food memory, which is similar, is... Mm -hmm. My mom would make... I don't remember what you call them. maybe, Maybe picnics or something? She would basically do, like, a little, like, spread of food on a plate. Like, little, like cheese and ham or whatever rolled up and cut up and mm-hmm. like crackers and a whole bunch of just like little like sort of almost like a a uh oh god I'm blanking on the word um like a little uh like what's like what's pot. the meat spread oh like like a little bit like crudite like you know Char- charcuterie yeah, like charcuterie, one of those yeah. uh it was yeah. just delicious like I love those 
Also, I, oh, actually, no, here, my favorite, better than that, also, another thing that my mom made was English muffin pizzas. You, you toast the English muffin, Ooh. put some, uh, you know, tomatoes or pizza sauce on there, sprinkle some shredded mozzarella, toss it in the toaster oven for a couple minutes, melts, delicious. Better than a pizza bagel is an English Yeah, I was just going to say, very interesting. We grew up in a time of an infamous food and jingle. I mean, come on. Pizza in the morning, pizza in the evening, pizza at supper time. When pizza's on a bagel, you eat it at any time. But you went with the English muffin. You got the, the marinara and the nooks and the crannies. Yeah, 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 yeah. Woo! All right, moving on. Sweet or savory? Depends. It, of course, it's a very tough, yeah. In general, I'll probably go savory. All right. Favorite food city? Uh, could be b- both domestic or abroad. Oh. Uh, whatever, you, yeah. I want to say... Like I feel like like New York and LA are both good because you can get anything there, but uh, you know, Austin is great. Like I was there for a couple for like two years, like I was saying, and you know the barbecue was yeah. delicious. And also, the, what's remarkable, what's crazy to me about Austin is that there it's literally a city built on restaurants, and a lot of them have lines. And even though there's so many places to go, because like those are like the great places. Like if you're not if you're not a good restaurant, I'm sure it's also true in New York or LA. But like if you're not a good restaurant in Austin, you're not going to stick around. Um, so yeah, I gotta give a shout out. Yeah, to Austin. no, it's it's much more true in Austin. Yeah, you know, because like New York, there's just so many people. There needs to be places yep. that will just feed you. But Austin, yeah, Austin is like a make or break food city. Yeah, I agree with you. It's definitely one of it's in my top five favorite uh, American food cities. Cool. Uh, favorite cuisine. Mexican. Nice. Uh, guilty pleasure food. Is that like how would you do, how do you define that? That's just, uh, so I I think it's like the food that you're just like maybe you like overeat like or like I mean it could be as simple as like Oreos or oh chips I love cookies or... and I love chips. Um, yeah. I think I'm probably guiltier of cookies, but I also don't eat like an entire sleeve of cookies in one sitting. I could, if I didn't uh-huh. stop myself, like eat an entire bag of chips in one sitting. I think, I think I'll think i go with potato chips. Potato yeah. chips. Yeah. Are we a wise Lay's? I gotta go, gotta go wise. I go Ridgies. Ooh, Although, the wise with the Ridgies. Wise, I don't know if you know this, is regional to the Northeast. I, I think I remember hearing that, but that's, that's I like, that's Because my sister like loves the cheese doodles, the puffed cheese doodles. Oh, the, yeah. And so when we yeah. lived in Austin, she couldn't get them. We had to like basically fly. Like, whenever one of us would go home, we would bring back cheese noodles. Now I don't think she eats them anymore. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, like they're not there. Like Wise is just regional. Like I think it's you know most of the the northeast of the U.S., but it's not everywhere. But like Wise is like Lay's is okay, but I think Lay's are just too greasy sometimes. Like the Wise Ridgie is just delicious. I guess maybe the Northeast has a lot of wise guys, Ooh. so maybe the, yeah. <laughs> I like that. Uh, there we go. Uh, favorite condiment? Mm. Mayonnaise. Definitely not. <laughs> I was going to say barbecue sauce, but that that's so wildly variable that I don't think I can... Uh-huh. I'm going to go like a, a nice spicy brown mustard, like a stone ground mustard, like a nice, Ooh, nice spiced yeah. mustard. I like a nice like spicy brown mustard over your... Typical, like, yellow mustard. Yeah. Um, what's the last thing you ate? The last thing I ate, I had uh, some pasta with sausage cut up in it tonight for dinner, and I also had uh, some leftover salad that I got from pizzeria last night. Nice house salad, uh, which was pretty delicious. A lot of vegetables in there. Not a lot of leaves. Not a lot of, like, lettuce, weirdly enough, but a lot of huh. cut up, diced up veggies on top, which was pretty good. 
Your last meal, What what is it? Oh, hold on. Side tangent. I really want to open a restaurant. Like, I have a friend of a friend, who I'm now sort of friends with, who used to be or still is, like, a sous chef in New York. And okay. I was like, oh, that's cool. I'm like, I have an idea for a restaurant. She loves this idea. Or was hu- maybe just humoring me. I don't know. But there was a site that used to track all last meal requests by inmates. So people who, like, requested, like... <laughs> two pints of Jack Daniels and four packs of cigarettes, like, that's all banned. That's what it says, like, you know, whether they've got it or whether it was, like, you know, whatever, like, they could only get part of it. But there's, like, Uh certain rules or whatever. So I wanted to do an upscale niche restaurant in New York where there's, like, six or eight or ten things on the menu. It's a rotating menu. And it's just six Mm -hmm. or eight or ten last meals. And it's just whatever people ordered is what we make. And the the decor is very sort of like not prisony, but like sort of gloomy and depressive. And you're there, <laughs> and the, it's it's called in an upscale restaurant. <laughs> uh, it's it's however you say last meal in French, like la fin de whatever. Like I I want to name like a, it's a very fancy expensive place that's also like hey like you just want like ego waffles and sausages like whatever like whatever people yeah. and it just like rotates through, but it's sort of about the experience of like ordering what people wanted, but. Yeah. <laughs> if I had to say my my last meal, one of my favorite things that I've ever eaten was this like chicken finger with lettuce and honey mustard on a wrap. That like it was this one Italian restaurant by my parents' house that closed. They moved. I could never get the sandwich again. But it was just like this one particular sandwich with fries on the side. Absolutely delicious. What what what's that what's that famous French prison that like Napoleon escaped from? Or that was an island. But I was just trying to think of that's what you had. Elba you said the French. Yeah, it was like, yeah, Elba, Elba Island, but then it was, it was I forget in like the Count of Monte Cristo. There's like a very famous French like prison. I don't know. It doesn't matter. Um, do you uh, like to dine in, like cook for yourself, or uh, or no. eat out? I like to order out. I mean, I will you like make out. stuff. Like I, you know, I'm cheap. I like to you know be economical with my food. So you know, I will eat in when I have to, but I also like to mm-hmm. try new things and try new places, and also generally speaking, I don't think it's like a lot I don't think it's a lot more expensive to go out and get like a good burger as opposed to like making like sort of a fancier burger here, you know what I mean? So Yeah, especially if you're making like I cook just for myself a lot, so if you're doing that you know, if you're just cooking meals for one yeah. you know. Last qu- <laughs> uh, quick answer uh, what's your spirit food? Oh, what's yours? I think, my, I mean, I, I uh, like I'll, I don't want to go as broad as just saying a sandwich, but I'll say like uh, like an artisanal sandwich, maybe like something like on a nice baguette, uh, like a roast beef cheddar cheese, some like horseradish Ooh. mayo. I don't know. I think it changes day. To, you know, to, not day to day, but like what I'm what I'm feeling right now. But right now, I'm just. I mean, I've just always. I love sandwiches, and I think people overlook, like, the power of just, like, a simple sandwich. And not that I just said, like, a simple sandwich. That's why I was going a little bit more artisanal. But, uh, yeah, just, you know, I, I almost got very Jeff Gold. Yeah, yeah, very Jeff Goldblum right then. Which is, he's got the funnier diet does, like, cooking with Jeff or whatever, which is hilarious. But, you know, yeah, Jeff Gold. So, uh, jo- Joey, what about what about you? My what are, what are we thinking? spirit food... I'm gonna say, ooh, I really don't know. I don't know. I don't know how to answer this question because I feel like whatever yeah, I say, I'm gonna, fe- I'm gonna feel. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna like my answer. 
I'm just going to go first thought, best thought, bring it back to what we were talking about earlier. I'm just going to go Waffle. Waffle. All right. I like it. Golden, crispy. <laughs> you can put a little something on you, and you, you might be even better, but by yourself, you're just, you know, you're filling. So there you go. Breakfast, the most important meal of the day. Sure. That's Joe, Joey Lewandowski for you right there. There we go. Uh, last question. I mean, we've gone in depth with the other ones, but what's what's the, you know, this is obviously and when I have my first guest, uh, Carly, who's a chef, you know, she, I mean, you know, she works in the world of food, but, you know, just I, everyone loves food. And so I think, I think this is a question, you'll, you'll be the guinea pig of someone that doesn't work in the world of food to answer this question, but what's the greatest lesson you've learned in food? The greatest le- lesson I've learned in food? I think yeah, just, it would be, yeah. don't be afraid to try new things. Because if, yeah. if I'm, I'm, that, this might, I'm, I don't know if that might be common, but also because I'm the, what, what was Carly's lesson? Carly's was, well, since, again, since she's a chef, she was just like, try to provide, like, she likes making sure everyone is being provided for, like, feed to everybody, not just like one, okay. you know, find out what everyone likes. So, you know, that's obviously works more for the, but you're, you're very, you're a very hospitable host. Mm-hmm. So I, I think that applies to you as well. well thank you. So, you um, you know, that's just, yeah, there, I think there's many lessons, but just as far as, I, I like it, you know, try new yeah, things. Yeah, because I like feel like saying. if you're, unless you're like a brand new place or something's brand new to the menu, if a food's yeah. on the menu for a while, it's there for a reason. Like, if it seems weird, give it a shot. Like, if you don't like it, just get something else or whatever. Uh, but, you know, don't be afraid to try new things. Perfect. I love it. Joey. That's the. I mean, that is the. You know, we're obviously going to have you plug all all the great things of the Cage mm. Club. But thank you so much for coming on. Like this is this is Foodie Films. I'm so happy to have had you on. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me so early. Unlike your former co-host Brian Rodriguez, it took him like seven episodes to have me on. What a oh disgusting. boy. Uh, oh, he'll be, he'll get yeah. a. I'll, when I see him next, I'll read him one. Oh, believe me, I uh, have. you I've, I've yelled at him <laughs> on air. Well, I, 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 this at least this PSI Love Hoffman was always being, you know, we were always being threatened by being yep. fired. Am I? Am I? Oh did, no, you're good. You're I, good. I'm good. Okay. As of right. As now. of right now, don't right. don't try to go. You know, don't don't get too cute with it. You're you're on the bubble. Okay. You're on the bubble. I'm. Okay. You know, la- last in, first out. That's what they talk yeah. about, right? In business, like the the most recent one's the first one to go. Yeah. So last in, first out. Yeah, it's true. I'm at a nice simmer right now. I don't, you know, not don't boiling wanna, yet. We keep it, not boiling okay. yet. It's a nice. Yeah. It's all about the simmer. Uh, yeah. So let's 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 hear what's what's new, what's going on in uh, this is as of right now. This is this episode airs August sixteenth. What's going on in the Cage Club Podcast Network? So we course. now have nineteen shows, including this one. We put out uh, now more than one a day. Nineteen act active shows. No, I would say active okay. probably about fourteen, fifteen, maybe. All right, all right. That's still that's it's a lot. There's a lot. Uh, we have 19 different shows. Go to cageclub.me to check them all out. We're at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. The big thing, aside from this, uh, the big new thing this month, aside from your show, is that we now have a monthly newsletter. I've been sending it out internally to hosts 
probably for about a year now, but I'm sort of tweaking it up and sort of ch sending it to the general public. So if you want to know when other good shows like Foodie Films come to the network, or want to know what the best of the best of what happens, or if we're having live events, or if there's other cool things happening, go to cageclub.me slash newsletter and sign up. We'll o I'm only going to send it on the first of the month, every month, so it's not like we're going to spam you and you're not going to get unnecessary, unwanted emails, but go give it a shot. That's nice. I like that. That's a great new feature yeah. of the Cage Club Podcast Network. So what shows are you currently like a host Ooh, Okay, so uh, Watch the Throne is still active, but Watch the Throne is winding down. We only have a couple more months of that before that ends. Uh, we are currently in a run of Cinemakers covering Christopher Nolan's movies. This week's film was The Prestige, which might be my favorite one of his. That or Memento, which Ooh, is that's very a, That is a great... Bo Bowie is awesome in that. Very awesome. Although, one of the people I follow on Letterboxd said, imagine if Prince was Nikola Tesla, and that's all I can think about now. Prince in that role <laughs> would have been great. Or maybe, yeah, maybe him is Tesla and Bowie is Edison, mm -hmm. and then that's the movie. Mm -hmm. we... <laughs> uh, we also have Cage Lumber visited every other Thursday, where Mike and I go back with guests and rewatch movies and sort of do like a Mystery Science Theater director's commentary style talk over them, uh, which is always fun. That was fun, yeah, you... Yeah, that was you had the guy yep. that wrote the article, yep. right? For yeah. and then you stuck around and you watched uh, Bad Lieutenant with us, so that was pretty cool. Yes, and then uh, I also have the Joe Two podcast. So we have Too Fast Too Forever. We have uh, Magic Mike's, and we have Boyfriend Material, the Ryan Gosling podcast, and then we also have Zach Attack, which is you know new as prescribed by your physician. But there's also something exciting and new coming to Zach Attack sometime this year. Uh, so go check out that feed. But basically. If a movie stars a male actor with pretty blue eyes, Joe Two and I talk about him. Two straight dudes, uh, you know, but we just love handsome hunks. So uh, we go, we go real, real, real intense and real deep on those movies. So go check those I, out. Yeah, I love, I love some Daddy Goss. So yeah. All right. Well, that's and what? Yeah, and we said CageClub.me, and there's obviously the Instagram, right? Cage Club Pod on Instagram. At CageClubPod on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Perfect. Awesome. Again, Joey, thank you so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. And uh, and you guys can find Foodie Films on Instagram and Twitter and obviously on CageClub.me and on Facebook. So check that out. And Joey, this is something, you know, we had the sign-off line, which you you didn't, well, you said it, I think you said it once on... Uh, I had to once. I had to once. I, I, I hope you appreciate where this comes from. I like having <laughs> a, I, I like having a sign-off, you know, all the great newscasters had the, sure. a famous sign-off line. But I, this is uh, something that, food and family and this is actually this is something my grandmother always said when she would cook a, like you know for us and she would always say there's more to cut I feel like that's just a line that just transcends even just food there's just more to cut in life in general so if you could say that uh, it would make me and my grandmother proud sure there's more to cut more to cut foodie fans thank you this is the second episode Joey Lewandowski he is a waffle <laughs> <laughs> yummy, 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 I got love in my tummy And I feel like I'm loving you Love you such a sweet thing, good enough to eat thing And it's just a while